It is very humbling to stand here before you, not just to read scriptures as I have before, but to try and bring those scriptures to life. As most of you can attest to, I can talk to a brick wall, but sharing your heart is a whole nother ballgame. I'm so thankful for everyone who has encouraged me and helped me confidently stand here today. I've been thinking a lot lately about family and legacy. This past year has brought significant loss to my family on both sides. Many of you with a music background welcomed my dear uncle Milton Brown into your home to tune your piano. A remarkable man who was kind and soft-spoken, but had a determination and drive. Blind, he built and tuned pianos drove cars around the farm, and carried his nephew on his bicycle handlebars around the pecan trees in his younger days. How could we ever make excuses for our own shortcomings when Milton never used his lack of vision as an excuse for not seeing the beauty in life? Most recently, we mourned the loss of my grandmother and her sister, Gogi and Joyce. As the Reverend Creed Henshaw said at Gogi's service, I never knew anyone that had a candy bar named after him. Now I know too. The Glojo was a creation of their father, Charlie McAfee's candy company. The sisters were small in stature, yet big of heart, just like their father and mother Lucy. Gogi led by example with her dedication to her faith and her church. She always quietly filled a need when she saw one. She supported many churches and causes in town, but she loved this place. The music, the people, her friends on Widow's Row, and her preachers. Joyce called me when I was asked to be lay leader and said how proud she was. She was under the mistaken impression that I was going to be in charge. I assured her that I was simply now chief worker bee, nothing more. Where I really see this family legacy starting is one generation back before the sisters. Their father, C.O. McAfee, who we affectionately called Popsy, started the legacy. I remember him in small moments, but not much more. I heard so many big stories about him. I thought he was a giant of a person all of the great things he had done around the world to spread his faith and share the gospel. I saw him as larger than life, and he was, in spirit only. He was not much taller than I am, which explains why my stepladder gets a lot of use. But what he lacked in physical height, he made up for in faith and love. He gave and gave and gave. Land, funds, scholarships, churches. I always felt like I was riding his coattails. I could never do as much as he did. I could never be as generous as he and my grandparents were. I'm never going to have as much to contribute. But I missed his lesson. I missed what his true legacy really is. It's the same lesson that Jesus taught us and that Paul teaches us about in Philippians. Don't be selfish. Don't live to make a good impression on others. Be humble, thinking of others before yourself. 
Don't just think about your own affairs, but be interested in others too and in what they are doing. It's that simple. Plant seeds of faith. Help people with a humble, loving heart. Of all his accomplishments, I like to think one of them he would be most proud of is the campground that he gave to the church that is near Gordon, Georgia. I know I was forever changed there. He refused to allow it to be named for him, but his legacy there is strong. Countless young people have come to know Christ sitting by that lake, including myself. Dozens of youth grew up to be ministers because of their time there. He never met them, but he planted those seeds of faith with his generosity, trusting in the Lord that what he was doing then would be fruitful for the kingdom now. He didn't do it alone. His wife, Lucy, was constantly at his side. At work and at church, Lucy was an encourager and partner. Behind every good man is a great woman. Her vision helped frame his giving, and she traveled with him all over the world. She, too, was a spiritual giant. She taught Bible classes and retreats. I remember her as loving and fun. His legacy is just as much hers as it is his. I got a call from Joyce's son, Fred, after his mother passed. They found Lucy's Bible and wanted me to have it. It's the Bible I read from today. Lucy had very distinct handwriting, so when I opened it and saw her notes, it took my breath away. Not only because of the familiar script, but because the scriptures she wrote out were relevant for me today, just as they were for her back then. Proverbs 10.22, the Lord's blessing is your greatest wealth. And if a person isn't loving and kind, it shows that he doesn't know God, for God is love. 1 John 4.8. She wrote those scriptures not knowing the seeds she was planting. She could never have known how much her great-granddaughter would be comforted by these scriptures after her daughter joined her in heaven, that I would still be blessed by her thoughts all these years later. I made the mistake of telling Matt Woodbury that part of my DNA, part of who we are as a family, what Popsy and Lucy started, what Gogi and my grandfather Morris continued here at Mulberry, what I strive for is to never say no to the church, to keep planting seeds. If the church needs something for the work of the Lord, you do it. To whom much is given, much is expected, has been emblazoned on my heart. If our family had a motto, that would be it. I think Matt made sure Nita knew it too. That's why I'm standing here today doing something that is slightly frightening. But I know my limitations. There are some things I cannot do well, but I can track someone down that can. As much as I want to be, I am not a singer. A dying emu sounds better than I do when I burst into song. Tom and Doris Granham have both assured me that they could make me choir worthy, but I'm not sure there's enough holy water out there for me to gargle to get me in pitch. But if I hear you singing well in the congregation, I'm going to give Tom your name. I may not be able to write as many sweet notes as Andy Watson, but I can send one or two. We have a group of people crocheting prayer shawls. 
that is not my gift, but what a beautiful ministry that one of our newest members started. Julia and Martin Magda deal with the teenagers of this church and have an acolyte program that is used as the gold standard in other congregations. Most days, I don't have the patience for teenagers, but their quiet, firm direction is exactly what they need. The church is full of people who give of themselves every day and plant their own seeds. 2020 has been quite a roller coaster. We have had so many challenges and have so many challenges ahead as a church and a community. As the lay leader of this beautiful place, I'm humbling myself before you and saying, we are calling. The church needs you in new ways and in old, in big and in small. We need the laity of this church to do the work of the Lord. Paul challenged the church in Philippi in verse 2 to make him truly happy by loving each other and agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, working together with one heart and mind and purpose. Let's start simple. Go back to the foundation of our membership in the body of Christ. Our confirmands just said these words a few short weeks ago, and they are worth repeating. When we join the church, we vow to uphold it with our prayers our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness, our prayers. It seems like an eternity ago, but you may remember the 719 prayer time. The alarm on my phone goes off twice a day at 719 a.m. and p.m. That number should sound familiar. It's the very spot where I stand. At 719, I pray for 719 Mulberry Street. It could be for a specific member or for an event coming up or for the staff. Sometimes it's just a short thank you for Mulberry. But twice a day, I am purposeful in my prayers for this place, our presence. Being here and being present does not only mean here in this building. Worshiping together has taken on a whole new identity. We have so many options now on how we can receive God's word through Mulberry. Sometimes we're doing good just to watch the service by Thursday, but it also feels good and helps things feel a little more normal to put on clothes that are not pajamas and come to worship here at the same address. There are many options for a virtual Sunday school class as well. Our teachers and leaders are coming up with creative ways to connect. What we cannot forget is that it also means being present for each other, reaching out and showing love to our Mulberry families. Our gifts. Our gifts are our God-given resources that keep Mulberry going. Money, time, energy, and enthusiasm, all are equally important. We cannot survive if any one of those things is lacking. Our service. Mulberry is a leader in service in our downtown community and beyond. Macon Outreach, the Mulberry Garden, UMW and Youth Service Projects, G2G Trips, the list is long and full of love. Our witness, this is our legacy, what we're doing to live a life that brings others to Christ at Mulberry. How are we using all of the other things that we promised 
Or how are we using all of the other promises we made to make disciples here in this town and our corner of the world? In the next few months, you will see great new things coming from this place, and you will also see the preservation of what we hold dear. The Church Council's visioning team has spent several months working to define who we are and what our core values look like. I want to personally thank that group of dedicated people for persevering through faulty wiring in our first meeting place to a six-month COVID hiatus. We persevered and did good work for the Lord and for the people of Mulberry. You will have a chance in October to hear from some of us on that team about our renewed vision and purpose. In the new year, you will be given an opportunity to complete a spiritual gifts survey. We want to help you find your place. Find what makes your heart happy. Find where your gifts can be of service. I like to think that I've taken the best parts of each of my family members to use as I serve as Christ told us to. I hope to live up to their legacy, determined, able to see the beauty around me even though I can be blind, generous, humble, quiet, and unassuming. Well, maybe not all of them. What will your legacy be? What can you give? What seeds are you planting now that you will never see the fruits of? We have the ultimate example of what that looks like, Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. Together, let's honor his legacy of love.